excellent cities to be inhabited. Fear not, for thou shalt not be ashamed, neither be thou confounded, for thou shalt not be put to shame, for thou shalt forget the shame of thy youth, and shall not remember the reproach of thy widowhood any more. For thy maker is thy husband, the Lord of hosts is his name, and thy redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the God of the whole earth, shall he be called. For the Lord has called thee as a woman forsaken, and grieved in spirit, and a wife of youth, when thou hast refused, saith the Lord. That's far as I want to read. In the introduction this morning, I would like to just make a few uh, comments in relation to this day. I, uh, this is a day that we remember as the Passover day. And the Passover was a time when the children of Israel came together in remembrance of, of their deliverance. So I think this morning we are here to also think about our deliverance. So I believe this morning we should he be here with great joy. Everyone that has been redeemed by the precious blood of the Lamb should be here because I want to be there. I want to be here. And it's a wonderful thing that's going to happen. It's a wonderful thing that we can behold to remember what we have been redeemed from. We will no longer be ashamed of our past, the book of Isaiah says in chapter 54. No longer will we be, will we be confounded and be shamed. The reproach of our youth and our life past is gone. It is erased. It is under the blood. So we should be here this morning with great anticipation. We are here because we want to be here. If you are here this morning and you think it's just another long service that I have to endure, I feel very sorry for you. Your heart is not in the right place. I'm sorry. But that's, you know, this day is a wonderful day. When thousands of people gathered to remember this day in the Old Testament, and Paul reminds us of the, of the New Testament, of how it, how some of the things really took place. And also the Gospels. The Gospels tell us what really took place. I read most of the Gospels in studying for this message, and I'm not going to go through all of them. I don't even know that I'll read one of them. But all those Gospels carry a little bit of a different story concerning the, the uh, trial and, and uh, death of the Lord Jesus Christ and the crucifixion. So I'm not going to read much out of the, the Gospels except for the fact that that uh, the writers there say that it is when the Passover was at hand. They slaughtered animals and, and things like this. But Jesus was the perfect lamb 
that was sacrificed at the time of the Passover. But all the Gospels say now when the Passover was nigh. And I think that as a New Testament church today, that's what we do when we have the Passover or communion. We remember, we do this to honor our Lord Jesus Christ. And so it's, it's a very blessed experience that we can be, go, be going through. And I trust that it'll touch every one of our hearts. Should I say in a new way? It's new and yet it's not new. But every time that we get re-energized, something new is happening. We, we get a new touch or feeling of the Spirit of the Holy Spirit in our life. And so that's what we want to do today. We want to, to honor the Lord. We are glad that you are here. I'm excited that you are here, that you want to come and listen to what we've got to say. That's exciting. It's, it's, it's one of the most exciting things that a preacher ever has is when people want to listen to him. Now, it's not that we are so important. But the message of God is important. And it should really make us exciting. Excited. So, I am going to read chapter 53. And uh, I am going to read it from another translation. I personally am not uh, too excited about using uh, different translations in public. I, uh, I like, I guess, I like to stick with with uh, the King James. It it seems to me that if we use a lot of different translations in in uh, public reading, that uh, it's confusing. You have to kind of uh, what does my Bible say and what does your Bible say? And, but if you don't want to follow along in the King James, you can, you can uh, just listen. It's all right if you don't read, if you just want to listen. I think the, the writer here has, has uh, put some good thoughts in chapter 53 of Isaiah. It starts out like this. Who has believed? trusted in, relied upon, and clung to our message. Our message of that which was revealed to us. And to whom has the arm of the Lord been disclosed? For the servant of God grew up before him like a tender plant and like a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, royal, kingly, pomp, that we should look at him. And no beauty that we should desire him. Which means that there was nothing special about the Lord Jesus Christ when he came. People didn't really, he was not so much different than other people that people really desired him. He was despised, verse 3, and rejected and forsaken by man. A man of sorrows and pains 
and acquainted with grief and sickness. And like one from whom men hide their face, faces, he was despised. And we did not appreciate his worth or have any esteem for him. Surely he has borne our griefs, sicknesses, weaknesses, and distresses, and carried our sorrows and pains of punishment. Yet we ignorantly considered him stricken, smitten, and afflicted by God, as if it was leprosy. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our guilt and iniquities and chastisement needful to obtain. Peace and well-being for us was upon him. And with the stripes that wounded him, we are healed and made whole. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has made to light upon him the guilt and iniquities of us all. He was oppressed, yet when he was afflicted, he was submissive and opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away, and as for his generation, who among them considereth that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken by his death for the transgression of my people, to whom the stroke was due? And they assigned him a grave with the wicked, and with a rich man in his death. Although he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the will of the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief and made him sick. When you and he made his life an offering for sin. And he has risen from the dead. In time to come, he shall see his spiritual offspring. He shall prolong his days. And the will and pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the fruit of the travail of his soul and was satisfied by his knowledge of himself which he possessed and imparts to others. Shall my uncompromisingly righteousness one, my servant, justify many and make many righteous, upright and in right standing with God? For he shall bear their iniquities and their guilt with the consequences, says the Lord. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great kings and rulers, and he shall divide the spoil with the mighty, because he poured out his life unto death, and he himself be regarded as a criminal and be numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore, took away the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors and the rebellious. I thought that was a, a good uh, chapter that we read there. Now, I, like I said, I'm not going to read 
much out of the Gospels. There is a a song that I'd like to sing, and Linford, if you would come up here and lead this song, it's uh, page 58 in the Sacred Selections.
to the molding body yielded. He did not for mercy cry. The cross of shame he took alone. And when he cried, it's finished. He gave himself to die. Salvation's wondrous plan was done. It could have caught ten thousand angels to destroy the world and set him free. He could have caught ten thousand angels, but he died alone for you and me. Thank you. This morning I'm going to also tell you a story. This is a story that took place probably back in the uh, late 1800s. And the story comes from the uh, state of Virginia and uh, was probably uh, told uh, about the Blue Ridge Mountains. I don't know how many of you have ever seen the Blue Ridge Mountains, but it's uh, something beautiful to behold. And to make sure that I have some of the story uh, correct, I asked Judy Beachy if, uh, if she remembers, uh, or if there are, her coming from the mount mountain area, if she remembers that there are the one schoolroom schools in the uh, Blue Ridge Mountains or in, in the mountains, and she said, yes, there are a lot of schools like that, one-room schoolhouses. So this story is about a school in the mountains there, and it... Uh, it's quite a, a number of years ago it was before the schools consolidated to uh, the schools that they have now, but she said there's still those rooms there. There was a school that was going on there that they were having some trouble with, and uh, like schools of yesterday, they had hard times, and, and they were not maybe rule like some of the schools are today. So this one lady teacher came and she applied for a job there at the school. And so when she was interviewed, the uh, people that, that were on the school board and, and uh, people talked to her and they said, uh, young lady, do you understand uh, what you are applying for when you apply for this job? And she said, Yes, I think I do. Well, we would just like to inform you that there have been many teachers that have held this position and they were run off. And she said, I'm willing to try. 
So they gave her the job, and come school time, the uh, first day of school, the children all came together. In, uh, and maybe I should say this before I get too far into this story, but when I ask you a question, I would like for everyone to respond with an affirmative yes. I'm not trying to pull anything over on you, but I'd just like for you to respond like school children would. Well, the school children came to school, and they came into the schoolroom, and uh, as they, uh, well, they, first of all, they played for a while on the outside, and then the teacher rang the bell, which was a sign that all the children should come in. So they all came in, and uh, as they were coming in, there was one big bully. I, I guess he was just a, the bully of the whole school, and he looked at some of his buddies as they were walking in and said, this is going to be easy. You know, and, and uh, they were a couple of the other ones were nodding each other and saying certain things. And so they came in and, and uh, the teacher told them to find a seat and uh, they have some things that they want to do. And first of, all, first of all, before she said that, she said, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. And right away, the children's ears perked up. They had never been called ladies and gentlemen. And they thought, this is really different. Something is happening here. And so they sat down, and the teacher said, well, now, this is my first year here at this school, and we are going to have a good school. And in order for us to have a good school, we need everybody to help make some decisions on what to do with this school year. And this was something that was new for all the students because they never were asked to help in making a decision. So she said, now, ladies and gentlemen, this morning, in order for us to have a good school, we need to have some rules in this school for it to run smoothly and properly as it should. And again, the boys and girls thought this was very different because they had never been asked about their opinion. And she said, I need you to help me. And so she said, <coughs> in order for us to have uh, a good school, we need some rules. And everybody kind of agreed that they would like to have a rule. So she said, has everybody agreed that we make some rules? And they said, yes. yes. Okay, so she went up to the chalkboard and she wrote on the chalkboard and it says, I don't have enough of glue on there. It says that school rules, rules please do not erase. Now you might not be able to uh, see everything from the back, but I'll tell you what it says, and then you may be able to see it. See if that works. 
school rules do not erase. Please do not erase. Okay, she said, now, uh, she said that you may sit for a while, and then uh, we'll see what we can decide. She moved her left hand to the corner farthest away from the door and wrote on the chalkboard. That's what she wrote. Now she said, let's have the most important rule first. And under it, the brackets here, you know, please do not erase because they need to be up there so people can see it. So she said, who is going to come up with the first rule? So pretty soon a fine girl look, looked like a leader among them, said, obey the teacher and don't point or don't talk back. Okay, so she went and she wrote up here, Obey the teacher and don't talk back. <coughs> and so she said, Is everybody agreed to this rule? And they said, Yes. Okay. Yes. She said, What's the next one? And one boy said, Obey, no, no swearing or lying or dirty talk. She said, okay, are you agreed with this rule? And they said, yes, okay. So she went and she wrote on the board the next one. No swearing or dirty talking. Okay, she said, what will be the next one? And then someone raised their head and said, no drinking or smoking. Now, do you agree with this rule? Everybody said? Yes. Okay, so she went and she wrote that on the board. No drinking or smoking. So she said, okay, that's the third one. Now the fourth one. What would that be? The students thought for a while. Find a big Tom that was kind of a bully and was known for doing the things that he said. No stealing. Okay, she said, does everybody agree with that rule? So she went and she wrote it on the board. Now we're ready for the fifth one. And the fifth one was thought upon for a while. She had to wait a while. And pretty soon, one peaceable-looking little boy said, no fighting or quarreling. And they said, do you, she said, do you agree with that one? And they said, yes. yes. 
the whole school just in unison like that. Yes, they all agreed to that. So that was the fifth rule. Now we're ready for the sixth rule. And she asked if there would be someone that would like to make the sixth rule. Finally, someone said, come to school on time and no playing hooky. And he was known to do just that. So the teacher again said, does everybody agree to this rule? And they said, yes. Okay, so the teacher went and wrote that on the board. Okay, she said, now, boys and girls, or ladies and gentlemen, before we agree to, to, oh, no, I'm missing one. She said, I think we ought to make a rule after, after she had asked if there's any more. One guy said, got up and said, I think we need to make a rule that if any of these rules are broken, the person doing so should be punished, said a manly-looking fellow who looked like he might be the son of the country squire. Okay, she said, before we agree to that, does anyone have any suggestion as to what the punishment should be? And, oh, hush came over the whole group. And everybody knew that just now, judgment may be upon them. So finally, Big Tom had grown faster in moral character in the last 25 minutes than he had ever grown before in the same length of time. And he spoke up with a resolve that committed himself fully to a program for that school that he and his schoolmates had outlined for themselves. And this is what he said. Give him ten links, ten licks on a coatless back. At this positive suggestion, there was an indrawing breath from the whole crowd. It went through the school. The teacher winched and judged the matter as severe, but the matter was in their hands to decide. Do you agree to this rule? And everybody said, yes. So she went and wrote it on the board. Any of these rules are broken. If any of these rules are broken, they need to be punished. That person needs to be punished. Well, she said, okay, boys and girls, or ladies and gentlemen, if I say it right, now I will let, I would like to ask those seven people that have made these rules to stay and help me 
rearrange some things, and the rest may quietly go out and play. And once you get outside, you can make all the noise that you want to. And then at the ring of the bell, you may come in. So they all filed out and went out and played. And soon they, the seven students and the teacher had things worked out and where everybody should sit, their seats and everything arranged. And so they rung the bell for them to come back in. And when they came in, sat down. And this school run so good. One whole week they went through and the students put their head to the books and studied and the school flourished. In fact, it went for one whole month, not a problem, nothing. It was the best school that they ever had. Two months went by, no problem. Everything was working well. They never thought that they would have such a good school as what they were having. They liked the teacher, and it was just real good. On the third month, the first day of the school, Recess had come, the children were out, or was it the noon meal? And the children were out playing. And Big Tom came in and said, Teacher, I have something to tell you. And she said, What is it? He said, Something happened that is going to change the future of this school. I hate to tell you this, but if we don't if we don't take care of this, it could have bad consequences. And she said, "Well, what happened?" And he said, "Somebody came in and took my lunch." Or somebody took my lunch. I don't know who it was, but I think we'd better find out and and take care of the problem. And the teacher said, now, Tommy, are you sure that you brought that lunch? Oh, yes. Are you sure that? And she said, well, now, let's think about this. Our schoolhouse is right close to the road, and somebody could have come in and taken your lunch while we were in session. Well, yes, that could be possible. But I think we should have an interview and to see if there was somebody that may have taken this. And so the teacher said, well, here, tell you what, you give me five minutes to think about this. And then after five minutes, you ring the bell and uh, everybody will come in. So the, the noon hour was about halfway over and the bell went. And the children all wondered, what is happening? And so they filed in line and went into the school. And as they came into the schoolroom, they all took their seats. And everybody was looking at the teacher and wondering what was going on. And when everybody sat down, the teacher got up and said, we have a problem that occurred today. And this is what happened. So she told the group what happened. 
Now she said that it must have happened while some of the children were dismissed to go to a, the basement or somewhere to study their, their lessons, like one-room schoolhouses do. And so she said, all the children that were dismissed to go down and study, I would like for you to come up and stand beside my desk here. So there were a number of children that came, and uh, she said, now, did anybody of you steal this lunch? And they all said, no, no, but they, they saw one little boy. He was just, he was standing up there, and he was just going from one foot over to the other one, and he was just moving around like that. And teacher said his name and said, did you steal the lunch? lunch? And he said, teacher, I did. I was so hungry. I didn't have anything to eat for three days. And I did. I did steal that lunch. And so the teacher said, well, the rest may go back to your seats. And she said, so you stole this lunch? He said, yeah. And he said, teacher, you can do whatever you want to to me, but please don't make me take off my coat. The teacher hardly knew what to do. And she said, well, you know the rules. The rules are that you take off your coat and get a whipping, punishment. So she had a long stick, and she said, take off your coat. So he undid the safety pin that was holding the coat together. And when he took the coat off, he had no shirt on. And the teacher asked him why he has no shirt on. He said, well, my mother wanted to wash my shirt this morning, and I only have one shirt. My dad drinks a lot, and he don't bring home much money. And so the teacher didn't know what to do. So he stood there and he said, well, we'll have to go through with the rules that we agreed upon. And so, so she took the, the whip and struck the boy five times. And at the fifth time, the stick broke in half. And she put her head down and sat down. What am I going to do? I, I, I can't go on with this. And about that time, Big Tom got up, and he came up there and said, Teacher, I would like to take his place. And the teacher said, Well, now, there is a place in the Bible that says that there is a substitute, that you can be a substitute. And so 
She said, yes, you may take his place. And so the teacher got up to, to uh, was wondering what she's going to do and how can she continue to fulfill this punishment. And she had her head down as she was sitting there on the desk wondering how to do this. And she heard something. And she looked up and the whole schoolroom was in tears because of what they saw. They saw this little boy going over and throwing his arms around Tom after Tom had taken some beatings already. He went over and threw his arms around him and said, Tom, I will love you forever for taking my place. So, the thing that I want to look at this morning is when God placed Adam and Eve in the garden, he said, I'll give you a good life. You can have a blessed life on this, in this paradise. Everything will be wonderful. But there are some rules that you have to obey. And if you don't, you will die. So consequently, the first two parents could not keep the rule. So they had to be punished. Death passed upon all men, upon them and all mankind thereafter. They could not keep the rules. However, God came along and he set up different rules. One of them was in the form of the Ten Commandments, and probably some of the Ten Commandments could be incorporated in these rules that these ladies and gentlemen made. Still, it seemed like the people just couldn't keep the rules. There were sacrifices that had to be made year in and year out because people were failing. They were failing to keep the rules. Now I can believe that after they have failed for such a long time, as you read the Old Testament, history after history, how did the people fail? They said we wouldn't do it again, and they did it again. So I can imagine that now at this time, there was a conference going on in heaven. And Jesus said, you know what? I'll go down there and be a substitute. So God said, that's what we want. Jesus willingly came down to this earth, was born. He grew up as a young man. And throughout his life, he did wondrous things for the people. Always on the lookout for people to give them the best. And yet, those people that continually disobeyed the rules were the ones that mocked him. They scourged him. They whipped him. They made fun of him. 
they spit in his face. And they said, he that claims to be the king of Israel, let him come down from the cross and save himself, and we will really see if you are who you are. Jesus didn't talk back to them. But when all was done, one man said, truly, this was the Son of God. This was the Son of God. Jesus went and paid the price for your sin and mine. This morning, I received a new revelation. And now I'm not up here trying to tell you that I have this big revelation and, and I'm some mighty, mighty man. No, it's not that. I have, in the last week or two, heard from four different people that told me that they feel grumpy. You ever feel that way? A little grumpy when things don't go right? I think there's a difference between feeling condemned and feeling, uh, feeling condemnation and feeling guilty about something. And that, that revelation that I received is this. If I feel grumpy, it is God's way of getting my attention and telling me that something is wrong. You have done something wrong that makes you feel grumpy. And not all those statements came from people in this church. I know that. But I'm using it as an illustration. When you feel grumpy, think about your life. What did you do that was wrong? And God is trying to get my attention. So Jesus came and paid the price. Let's turn our hymnals to, in the Sacred Selections, to page 83. Linford, if you want to come up here again. I think, I think you know this one. my sins away and now I sing a brand new song amazing grace Christ Jesus paid the debt that I could never pay 
My debt he paid upon the cross, he cleansed my soul from all its dross. I thought that someone could all my sins erase. But now I sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace. Christ Jesus paid a debt that I could never say. Such great pain my Lord endured When me my sinful soul secured I should have died there But Jesus took my place So now I sing a brand new song Amazing grace Christ Jesus paid the debt That I could never sing a brand new song amazing grace christ jesus paid the debt that i could never pay okay just stay here for a minute we'll have another song on page 124 but before we sing that song just to Go back to where the boy was putting his arms around Tom, and this is what it, he said. Tom, I am sorry I stole your lunch. I knew it was yours, but I was awful hungry, Tom. I, I'm, I'll love you till I die for taking my licking for me. Yes, I'll love you forever. And I wonder if we could say together this morning, Jesus I will love you forever. Shall we say it together? Jesus, I will love you forever. All right, now it's 124. <coughs> I walked alone in Shame. And I had no one but myself to blame, to blame. for I lost the sight of God's mighty plan, and I strayed away from the tongue of his hand the touch of his hand means so much to me much to me I cling to him now now. and he walks with me he walks with me Touch of God, I 
God's mighty hand. When days are dark, days are dark, when days are dark, and I cannot see, I cannot see, I lean on the Lord, and He stands by me, stands by me, stands by me, and just. When it seems that I cannot stand by faith, I can feel the touch of His hand, the touch of His hand means so much to me. with me One last thing that I'd like to say this morning. If you consider yourself worthy, you may take communion this morning. Not worthy in yourself, but worthy because of what Jesus has done. We are worthy in him. James is going to take over from here. 